0: the Lord how many has been saved for at least 10 years 15 20 25 30 40 50 60 so y'all mean to tell me you wouldn't trade him for anything in this world Nothing. Nothing. So apparently you've never got over the hill yet, have you? We're talking about the hill of Calvary, of course. Once people really come in contact with that reality, it changes their life, doesn't it? I'm so happy that I, I was able as a boy to be able to see that reality years ago. And I don't mind telling you, I love him tonight more than I've ever loved him. Reach you tonight. Sure missed y'all. Good to see you. Appreciate the goodness of the Lord to us. Let's turn to First uh, Peter chapter one tonight. Lord willing, I guess we're still having the we're having the question and answers tomorrow night for the youth at six thirty. We'll be having it in here, <clears throat> and uh, the youth asked me if if um, if we would do this. So. Um, some of the questions I've had for a month or so, some at least three weeks, and uh, I've been studying on them for, for a bit. So last Wednesday night, I was going to preach what I'm going to preach tonight, and then we was going to do question and answers on Thursday night, but we got snowed out, of course, and couldn't do it. But what I want to speak to you tonight on is what is the Holy Ghost? Uh-huh. share the not Jesus that Elijah had on him, or Jesus that Moses We're trying- Thank oh. over now. Jesus' humanity Christ's anointed. So anointed humanity. Now Paul is bringing it from the stage of the invisible logos to show us that that invisible logos became a man and was crowned with glory. The anointed. To the intent that now to the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. So again, principalities it is the beginning of the creation of angelic beings, Archaea. So it's the first one in order. So Paul broke into it in a little different way than God allowed Peter to, do. and he says, to the intent. So the purpose is that the principalities and powers and heavenly places not be known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God, and manifold is the word variegated. Y'all know what a variegated plant is. So a variegated plant will have green and light, green, and might have green and white. It's actually crossing it. And there'll be a couple of three different colors sometimes in there, and you never know exactly how each leaf will be. So Paul says, this is what God did. God chose to manifest his manifold wisdom, not in angels, not in cherubims, but by the church. The church, the ecclesia of God, the called out of God, people who leave their homes and gather in a public place, and by their own walk and their variegated. Body of God. Some are drunk, some are alive, some are this and that. And God brings them all together by the variegated manifold wisdom of God. And the angels are still trying to figure
1: it out. How can this be? How can He love them? Right.
0: Now He says that it might be made known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. The angels are not participants in salvation. The angels do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The angels do not experience deity in the way. Now, in a simplified form, the baptism of the Holy Ghost on your soul is your portion of deity from the God. Amen. It is your portion of it. that once you get it here, it will be yours forever. You will never it. It is always yours. Now remember, this is what the Holy Ghost is. It is the part of God. I know it's difficult for us, even looking at the father and son relationship. Because we judge it by human terms and human perception. So if you can look and say, Well, father and son. So here's Brother Dave Swanson. He is a father. And then we look at his sons and say, Well, oh, them sons, and they, they look a little bit different than Brother Day. And the makeup is a little bit different than Brother Day. And that's the way we judge God But remember, Jesus said God is a spirit. God is not a man. God is not a human being. Right, God is a spirit and God never had a permanent human body until Jesus, his word, his son come on the earth. Then from this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of it will this part. Now this was God's humanity. He was both human and God, is that right? So the truth then of God was made manifest in the human body the Lord Jesus. So now the manifold wisdom of God will be made manifest not just in Jesus, but actually in the church. So the holy angels are taught by the instrumentality of the church. How in the world could a bunch of weaklings, a bunch of former sinners, former liars, drug addicts, everything of the world you can imagine. And God would use them to teach angels. You imagine God speaking to them and saying, you want to know more about me? Watch me in my church. You want to understand me greater? You archangels, you cherubims, you seraphims, you zooms, watch how I deal what's my bride? Hallelujah. So they catch a view of God's supreme love in a way that they didn't see it in the universe. So the prophet tells us to his opinion, the first thing that God made was angels. Then he become into the position or the object of worship, which is God. Before that, he was the eternal the eternal, so there was no one to worship him. So he wasn't God, because God is the object of worship. So there had to be something to worship him, so he created angels. And actually the angels, the fallen angels, actually fell before the foundation of the world was ever laid. So they were there when he started creating this aspect of the universe. And they never saw, with the trillions of angels, The billions of stars, and they never saw the great display of his wisdom in the way that they see it in you and I. So here the church then becomes God's school for angelic beings. Notice in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits, talking about the angels of God, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So their ministry is for the heirs on the earth that's going to receive salvation. So this within itself makes them more curious to be able to look into it. I wonder how many times them angels have been around us. I wonder how many accidents that the angels of God have stopped you from having when Satan laid a a snare or trap or whatever and an angel of God stood between you and that truck or that car? Or maybe you got out and you was fixing a head somewhere and, and you forgot something back at the house and you had to go back and get it and if you would have been five minutes earlier, you'd been right in the middle of a terrible, terrible accident. God has appointed the angels to watch over you. Not only to watch, but to minister. Wonder what they're ministering. So they minister to those that are heirs of salvation. So they comprehend. They're trying to look. Imagine these angels. They're some of the same ones that were assigned to Noah. They were the same ones that was assigned to Paul and assigned to the first church age, on down to the seventh. And they're still pondering and looking at what God did through Paul and looking at us today. And they're saying, they're similar, but they're so different. Look at them and what they're dealing with. They're living in the the most terrible age that's ever been on the earth. And yet it seems like they're at their wit's end sometimes and they don't know what to do. But Father will allow me to be able to give them a little boost, and they don't even know where it comes from, but it's like they're all alone, and he'll he'll send a message to me, and I'm their angel to watch over them, and I will get down near where they are, are and from my being projects a supernatural strength, and they're thinking, Lord, I can't go another day. I don't think I can put up with anything else, and all of a sudden, I'm allowed to send a charge through them like a battery. And where they were standing there with their heads bowed and crying, and in the next moment, tears are running out of their eyes, and they're saying, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They didn't even know it was me standing right there by them. Oh, hallelujah to God. So what is the Holy Ghost? You see, the Holy Ghost is not Jesus, The human body of God living in us. You understand that? So God did not divide the human body and give you an eye, you an ear, you a piece of hair. There was not enough humanity in that body. The body itself served as a carrier of the sacrificial blood. But the token was not the body of Jesus. Now listen carefully. The token was not even the chemistry of the blood, but the token was the spirit which was inside the body. There was not enough chemistry in the body of the Lord Jesus. If you'd give every one of us a drop of that blood, as we say in the songwriters, write about it, it makes a good song, but it's not really true. The blood literally is not applied to your heart, right? There was not enough chemistry inside that body to do it. But God was able to hide in the blood cell. So what is the Holy Ghost? The attribute of God which could be divided. You understand? The eternal himself and that original attribute could not divide himself into multiple portions and send it around the world. I wonder how many people tonight on the face of the earth have the true baptism of the Holy Ghost and it's the exact same Holy Ghost that Peter got on the day of Pentecost. And let me just say this to us in case you're wondering, you lay folks don't have a lesser Holy Ghost than what preachers have got. And us regular preachers don't have a lesser Holy Ghost than what the prophet had. It's the same Holy Ghost, right? But it's our calling and so on that makes us different. You young people have got the same Holy Ghost. So there's not like a young people version of the Holy Ghost. So there in heaven, you know, God's got a special young people version. And that's why young people can listen to rock and roll gospel because their Holy Ghost allows them. It's exactly the same Holy Ghost that us old people have got. So if it is, it should be the same way. We should act the same way. Now, let me just go on and say, so then the Chinese people that get the Holy Ghost get the same Holy Ghost. Then the Mexican people, right, get the same Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, The Native Americans get the same Holy Ghost. The people in, in Czechoslovakia and Poland and all around the world, exact same Holy Ghost. Is that right? So then you see, whenever God sends a message globally around the world and sends the spirit of Christ into the hearts of those true believers, then this is why the standard of holiness, righteousness, purity, and holding to that same gospel can be the same no matter where you are, unless, of course, you hold on to your tradition over the top of the teaching of the word. Now you find that of course, you go into different places and you'll find that they hold on to their original tradition which you're not supposed to do. It's you're supposed to be baptized into one mystical body by the Holy Ghost. So let's look now, so how the Holy Ghost came. Acts chapter two, you're all familiar with it. How the Holy Ghost came, Acts two. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Wow, what a strange way to get the Holy Ghost. They weren't even at an altar. Nobody was beating them on the back. Nobody was taking them, gee, 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 no, they were all sitting. Now, listen to me this is the only time in the book of Acts that it happened quite this way. Now it happened of course in Cornelius, it happened in Acts 19, but nowhere else does it mention exactly in this same way of a rushing mighty wind. Now, read your Bible and you'll find that out. Watch what God did. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house, the house, the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire. Now this is the original breaking up of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So it was like this big pillar of fire comes into the upper room, and he started whipping around in the room, and a lick went off, and went whoosh, 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 whoosh. cloven tongues of fire begin to set upon each of them. Notice what it says, and it sat upon each of them. So he didn't say that the fire, the burning fire, actually went in them. Read your Bible. But it sat. So it came and sat upon them. This is the original dividing of God separating himself into this attribute where that this is the first time it's ever happened since the dawn of creation that more than a prophet, more than just one man in the age would be able to have the spirit of Christ that would testify of what he's going to do. But here they are, 120 people, and it's visible. God wanted them to be able to see it. That's what I said. God never done this in another place in the book of Acts. But this was a visible appearing. So here you've been looking around 120 of them and you'd have saw a pillar of fire there, a lick over him, one over her, one over him, one over her, one over a young person, one over another person. And it was visible. God wanted them to see what he was doing. He was dividing himself into this attribute. Now notice in verse four, and they were all filled. Wow. Notice how it happens though. Suddenly there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and set upon each of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, one sign leading to another, signs to get their attention." No wonder that Paul in the book of Corinthians talked about tongues and prophecy about one being assigned to the believer and one was assigned to the unbeliever. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Now notice they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I love the meaning of this word. I can't believe it, I honestly cannot believe it, that I've been preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost now for how many ever years I've been preaching, and I had never actually looked up the word utterance until today. But boy, am I glad I did today. I want you to look at what this word means. Speak force, not a word of everyday speech but one belonging to dignified and elevated discourse. (laughs) And the Spirit was giving them a dignified, elevated discourse. Well, I reckon this is a bunch of ignoramuses. They were ignorant and unlearned. Can you imagine as they begin to speak this way, and they were looking around, and they were speaking Arabian, they were speaking Spanish, they were speaking Chaldean, they were speaking Hebrew, they were speaking all these different languages, and they were looking at each other and just speaking in these languages. They never knew these languages, but it was the Spirit of God giving them utterance. Now, I realize there's people around the message today that say we're way beyond that, and we don't need that you show me where he took it out I'll preach the same thing now I do believe that as the people of God we should never major on a minor but I am enough of a musician to know that if a songwriter writes a song and puts minors in the song even if you don't think they belong there and you sing them without it the song will not sound the same without them and it just so happens that the author of the New Testament song put minors in with majors. So when he minored, I want a minor with him. When he majored, I want a major. If he diminishes, if he goes to a seventh or a ninth or an augmented, or whatever he does, I want to follow it. To be honest with you, I really don't care if you think it sounds good or not because I'm not playing for you, I'm playing for him amen that's the way you should look at it as well I'm not here tonight every one of you should look at it exactly the same I'm not here tonight to just necessarily please the church I'm not here tonight to please my wife my husband my family I'm here to please God if some of us would get that out of our mind I think we'd worship the Lord a little bit more than what we do but we're scared to death somebody's going to think we're Pentecostal I'm scared they're going to think I ain't Now notice in verse 38, whenever Peter begins and the the, the 120 go out and the people out there, they look at them and they're acting so peculiar and odd and they said, they're drunk. Now do you honestly think they would have said they were drunk had they been sitting like this? You see, us in the message, many of us have quit saying amen, and instead we nod. I wonder what Hattie Wright would have got from God if she would have nodded. You see, the prophet did not tell her, Hattie, because you nodded, but he said, you said the right thing. God wants to hear your amens. God wants to hear. You see, it's not just the preacher that wants to hear them. God wants to hear them. Now, Peter's in and they move outside and they're kind of staggering around and, you know, my goodness, what in the world is wrong with them people? And they said, well, they're drunk. And they said, no, 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 it ain't that. This is just the third hour of the day. Well, the saloons and taverns ain't even open yet. It's the morning time. So this is the third hour of the day, but this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel. So they begin to say, well, what, what, was me, what must we do then to get what y'all got? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What did he say? In the name of Jesus Christ. You mean to tell me that he stands right there and says the exact opposite of what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19? No, he actually said the same thing. Because father ain't the name. I'm a father, but that ain't my name. How many men in here are fathers? So is father your name, Brother Matthew? So if the children go to say, Father, 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 how many of us men would say, Yes, yes? So Peter says, "You got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call." Acts five thirty-two. For we are witnesses of these things. So is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him, which is the main reason more people don't have it. To them that obey him. So this is how it comes. Acts 8 14. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent, they sent. I want you to know Peter and John didn't go on their own. Read your Bible. They didn't go on their own, they were sent. Praise the Lord. They sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen on none of them, only they, oh no, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus? Oh my goodness, you mean to tell me the apostolic church baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus? Is this your Bible? Well, if you haven't been baptized that way, then I ask you tonight, why? Acts 10, 43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Notice through his name. Verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which had heard the word. Now, what you notice in the three accounts that we're reading here about the Holy Ghost coming, none of them are exactly identical. Isn't it amazing, though, how that we want everybody to get it the same way we did? And we think, boy, if you didn't shout, you didn't get it. If you don't run, you didn't get it. If you don't speak in tongues, if you don't jerk your head a certain way, you didn't get it. That's not following the book of Acts pattern. Well, come on now. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles, now listen to me, the Jews were very, very set in their national thinking. In one sense of the word, they were still yet to be enlightened that there was a Gentile bride. They were shocked, Harry, They were shocked, astonished. You mean them dogs got the Holy Ghost, the, the same one that we got? How is that possible? We are Abraham's chosen race. We are Abraham's chosen people. How in the world could they get the Holy Ghost? You see, the mystery of the Gentile bride had not yet been made known. And God wanted to prove to them Jews, look, I'm giving the Holy Ghost the exact same one you got to them Gentiles. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord. And as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to notice what they've done. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. But isn't it amazing in every other place? It doesn't say that they spoke in tongues. Wonder why this is significant. Because they was looking at it still through the tongue aspect. And God said, okay, I see you're hung up on the tongues. So I'm going to let this bunch speak in tongues too. So it will convince you all that they got the same thing you got. Did they have to to have the Holy Ghost? No. Oh my, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any forbid water that these should not be baptized which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Now watch, this is God pouring out of himself and he's dispersing himself and the angels of God. Now this is what's going on in the the visible realm. But in the invisible realm, Now the angels of God are being divided. So it's like a subdivision being built in a mystical kingdom. So the angels are being divided. And they're not only now just watching Jews, but some of the angels for the first time in their existence of their creation, they're watching over heathens, former Gentiles, heathens. You imagine the angels of God being assigned to former Gentiles, which were idolaters. Oh, my. And they never, they never had done this before. It was Daniel. You know, it was, it was uh, some great king over in the Old Testament. It was some great king, Uzziah, or Joshua. And for the first time in their existence, they're being assigned to Gentiles. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he said unto them, Now watch, this is Paul going to the upper coast of Ephesus. And the prophet, you know, in order so we'd be able to relate to it, he said he found a bunch of Baptists up there. And they hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. So he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they were some message people. And they said unto him, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost." I find this absolutely amazing because they were following John the Baptist. Two dispensations had changed and they were behind two dispensations. So they hadn't even heard of the Holy Ghost, which again I find strange since John had it from his mother's womb. His mother got it and his father got it and they hadn't even heard about it. So it goes to show you that you can follow a prophet's message and still not have the Holy Ghost. Now this is pretty pitiful to me. Oh my. And he said unto them, unto what? Notice, what? Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. So see, there are two dispensations behind. So John did not baptize. In a name. Now John was not the first one to baptize, the Essenes baptized, the zealots baptized, so there was different ones that baptized. But John was the first one to baptize, pointing unto a messianic advent. And he'd say, "You must believe on him which is to come. on him which is to come." He didn't have no name because he weren't sure who he was yet. So these people now, several years after the Lord Jesus had come and gone, several years after the Holy Ghost had been given, and they were still baptizing people in this same way. You've got to believe on him which is to come. But there was some seed among them Baptists. There still might be today. Praise the Lord. And he said unto them, then what were you baptized? And they said, unto John baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. Now Paul can give the name. That is on Christ Jesus. Know how he places the order here now. Christos anointed humanity. So it's anointed humanity. Christ Jesus. You know that the New Testament, when the angel of God appeared to Mary and also unto Joseph and spoke. His name, it did not call him Lord Jesus Christ. He was not called that until the book of Acts. Why? He was Christ, Christos, the anointed one, after the river. He was named Jesus, the human, Jesus, when the Father came in him at the river. He was Yehus Christos, but he was Lord Jesus Christ after he raised from the dead. For God has made this same Jesus both Lord and Christ. Lord, Jesus, Christ, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. All oh, praise be to God. Notice, so here then Paul tells them, John baptized the people and tells them what he said. They should believe on him which should come, which is that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized. Wow. So is there anyone here tonight or anyone that will listen to this? If you can show me in the book of Acts or in recorded history of the first century of the church, second century as well, where the original church baptized using the titles of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, I will stand your next Wednesday night and say I was wrong. Or, of course, you can let me re-baptize you tonight because you ain't going to find it. This is the way the true church baptized. Praise the Lord. Now, notice how they get the Holy Ghost. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, notice different from what happened in the upper room and different from what happened when Peter spake the word and they spake the word and when he done it, then they just received the Holy Ghost by by hearing the word. But here, and this is where the prophet picks it up, of course, and he said the apostolic way of receiving the Holy Ghost is to have hands laid on you. But notice it does not say in Acts 2 that when they got the Holy Ghost that they prophesied. But these believers in the upper coast of Ephesus did. So which one are we going to use to say, well, that's the right way? All of them are. All of them are. Isn't it amazing that God didn't make every one of them exactly the same? So this and spoken tongues, this and spoken tongues, this and prophesied, this and shouted. Don't you understand what Satan's trying to do? He's trying to make a denominational thing out of even receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then the message, people that lean more toward the emotion and the ecstatic explosion of all of that, everybody that don't have that, you ain't got it. The ones that are more still on the other side may produce stillborn children. Well, bless God, it's You know, the Holy Ghost without sensation. You don't have no sensation and no emotion, and somehow you just grow into it. You know, you're just, one day you'll just wake up and realize that you've been born again. How in the world can that ever happen? How can a man that's as lost as lost can be not realize that God has changed his nature? Oh, praise the Lord. Now watch how the prophet dealt with what the Holy Ghost actually is. And what is the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Ghost? It is the Spirit of Christ in you. Now before we read I'd just like to say a few commenting words here. What is the Holy Ghost? It's a seal. What is the Holy Ghost? It's a covenant. What is the Holy Ghost? It's a sign. What is the Holy Ghost then? It's the spirit of Jesus Christ in you. So then it's not emotion, it's not shouting, though it will bring all types of effects. Some spoke in tongues, some prophesied, and yet it's amazing. Now look, you know I believe in emotion. I believe in worshiping God. And yet none of those scriptures that we read when they received the Holy Ghost, do we find where any of them, as we say today, shouted. Now Brother Donnie, don't you believe in that? I do. I do but I do not believe in making shouting an evidence of the Holy Ghost. You won't find that in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, you won't even find where they shouted in the way that we think shouting is. Don't you believe in the quickening power of God? I do, and I don't like it when we make a denomination out of it. And that's exactly what some people are doing. They're making a denomination. What do you mean a denomination? It's where everybody has to do it this way right here because this way's been declared My men. It's not declared in the book of Acts. If it is, you show me. You preachers that won't like this, you send me the scriptures and I'll apologize. Show me. Show me what well, they shouted and they, they did all of that. I believe in all of that, but it is not an evidence any more than other evidences that we make. Well, somebody say amen. And we can see how that these, these different examples that God gave and every time that it came, it was a little bit different. Well, some us say, well, how did you get the Holy Ghost? I got it sitting there hearing a preacher preach the word. Well, they might go up to Ephesus and say, brother, tell me how you got the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what, Paul laid his hands on me. Well, my Lord. What in the world? You must not be near as much of a believer as I am. I sat right there and heard that word, hallelujah. You know how we are about that. I sat right there and heard that word, glory to God. I'll tell you one thing, I'm so spiritual. I sat right there and heard the word of God. And I sat right there, man alive, that eternal life entered into me. And the other one said, well, Paul laid his hands on me and I got it. Does it really matter? Does it really matter whether you were sitting or standing or rolling on the floor like a holy roller? Does it really matter? the most? important thing is, what? You got it! You got it! So whether you spoke in tongues and prophesied, or you fell out on the floor, you got it! How do I know it changed you forever? Now watch, Brother Branham preached this in 1959, and he preached the first service, what is the Holy Ghost? second service, you know, what is it given for? And then the third service, he preached, how will you know you got it? Which I find it so amazing that they recorded it, but it's never yet been released. And then yet, he does question and answers. So you think, isn't that strange? Isn't that odd? That He would actually allow that to be released. Well, let me say it to you this way it was not released in 1959. But the mystery of it was going to be released when he retitled it and called it The Token. So how are you gonna know? Well, brother Donnie, if you're a woman, you have her go out and have a long dress, and, and if you're a brother, you'll you'll uh, you know you dress this way and that way, and men of course won't wear dresses to church, and men won't wear you know this and that and look like a woman, and that's the way you'll know it. No, that's not the way you'll know it. That is part of it, but you will be changed from what you were unto a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, and the church said. Now he said, what did the Holy Spirit, what did it come for? What did he come in you for? What did he come in me for? Now listen, it's quite simple. Was to continue the works of God. To continue the works of God. Now remember, part of these things were limited. When the Lord Jesus come on the earth, he's going to now share things of nature that had not been done since Adam lost it in the fall. He's going to share things over animals and over nature and over storms that had not been replicated since the fall in the Garden of Eden. He's going to reverse nature. He's going to reverse the cycle of death and go to a man's grave and he's been laying there for four days and his nose had fallen in, and the skin worms were eating on his body, and by the spoken word of God, he's gonna call that man's name, and he'll come out of that grave. Is that right? Now, he didn't just do that for himself, and said, now look at me, you all can't do this, but I want you to see what I am, but what you all do, you just go to church, and you try to live right, and you try to be, be as good as you can, But he said, now I'm showing you all what to do. And I want you to act like me, talk like me, preach like me, live like me, raise the dead like me, cast out devils like me. Now remember, he says here that the Holy Ghost was given that we might continue the works of God. Remember the blind man in St. John 11 wherever the disciples said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one, but that the works of God might be made manifest. And then, of course, in another place in John, they asked him, he said, Lord, what might we do to do the works of God? And he said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him, Whom He hath sent. So the works of God then incorporates healing, miraculous, but it also means you're able to get in line behind a God-called leader of the age and a God-called pastor and so on and so on. That's also part of the works of God. Jesus knew every woman was not going to cast out devils. Hallelujah, come here, devil, I'm ready for you. He knew the daughters of God was not going to do that. Florence Shekin went to Brother Branham and said, Brother Branham, I fasted and fasted to cast out devils and I still can't do it. He said, you're not called to do such. He said, that you're called to fast and pray for those who are called to cast them out. And you say, well, I can't do nothing. Brother Donnie's called to do that, man. Brother Joe and Brother Daryl and Brother Joel, these other Brother Jonathan, these other brothers that are called, whoever they are, but I can't do nothing. Yes, you can, you can pray for me and you can pray for the rest of these brothers because we're not dealing with a little video saying When you're dealing with a demon, you're dealing with a fallen angel. Oh, what a comfort it is to know that the saints of God are praying for you. So, what do we do? We continue the works of God, which is what? Building a church, having church membership. Really? So it's not just going to church every now and then, whether you feel like it or not, and and, you know, you drop a little money in, and and you really don't believe in paying tithes, and you really don't believe in walking right and doing right, and you know, you just you just go to church. That's the work of God. That's the way Jesus did. The Bible says that Jesus on the Sabbath day went to the synagogue, which was his custom. So that lets me know a lot of the folks around the message don't have the custom of Jesus because Jesus went to church. And if they really believe what them tapes say, they don't because their feet testify, they're voting with their feet, not with their mouths, then they would know exactly that the prophet tells us even Christ the mystery of God revealed that if God is in your heart, you can't wait for them doors to open. You see the reason people don't feel that way? They're missing God in their heart. Well, come on, somebody. If God is in your heart, you can't wait for them doors to come open. And he said, if you don't feel that way, I tell you, it's time you got to pray it. Come on, somebody, let's say what the tapes say. Praise the Lord. Now, I love the way that he goes on down in this paragraph a little further and he said, the Jesus that sends you goes with you and is in you. And if that spirit living in Jesus Christ made him do and act the way he did, you'll have some general idea of how it will do what it's in you. Cause that life cannot change. It'll go from body to body. But it cannot change its nature. Listen what it is now. For it is God. Your baptism of the Holy Ghost is your portion of God. Now you all educate me for a bit. Dogs bring forth. Help me now, educate me. Some of y'all been wanting to teach me a few things, so help me now. Cats bring forth. Horses bring forth. So what would God bring forth if he brought forth children? Say it. Come on. You you, you can do it. Come on. That's it. Come on. Come on, honey. Say it. Say it. What would God bring forth? Gods. In humanity. But you see, we look so much at our humanity. We suppress the divine supernatural and what you and I suppress, the angels of God are looking at in amazement and they just are mesmerized by what's inside of us and we're saying, well, I ain't nobody, I don't ever amount to nothing, I guess, you know. I just make so many mistakes and they're looking at every one of them mistakes and and they're not even thinking that about you at all. They think, don't they know what he told them? Don't they know what he said that he don't even see their mistakes? Don't they know? That, that blood that he shed on the cross, don't they know that? It ain't no wonder that they look at us and they're thinking, you know, I, I, how, how could he love them? Yeah. He gave his life, he gave his word, he gave his Bible, and then he sends a message with over 1,100 sermons and then they still question, does he even love them? It's like, there's a percent, saying, what in the world is it gonna take for that bunch of naught heads? That's Kentucky language translated into angelic language, I guess. What's he going to take for them to realize how much he cares and they're looking at you daily and thinking if you only knew what I knew about you. you, Praise be to God. Notice this. What is the Holy Ghost again? What is the Holy Ghost? It's Christ in you, the Comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. When the comforter has come, he'll do the things that I've done while the comforter is in me. So it's the very same father that was in Jesus except he had the fullness. All of that fullness was in him. But it was the fullness that was going to be divided. Think of how great he is. He could divide himself into millions of parts. And he is no less that great August presence around the throne is no less being subdivided into how many ever pieces that he is. And he's still as great upon the throne as he ever was before he divided himself. Now here he is, he's on the throne and yet he's on the earth and he's in the United States and he's in Ohio and he's an Africa and he's in India and, he, and the angels of God are looking and say, I didn't know he was this big. I didn't know he was this great. I saw that light, I saw that Shekinah, I saw that glory. I didn't realize you mean every time they get the Holy Ghost, that's him that's him inside of them oh my God how great he is how wonderful he is and they're just saying oh how awesome how wonderful he is he's everywhere I didn't know he's everywhere (laughs) they knew he was everywhere by his omnipotence and by his omnipotence but they didn't know he was gonna be everywhere by dividing himself and baptizing himself into a little white boy and a little black girl and a little Indian, a little Native American, and a Swede, and a German. And so baptize them with the love of God that they, by nationality, might have great differences, but they'll be able to put their arms around one another and say, brother, I love you, sister, I love you. Why, it's God, don't you understand? God in me will love God in you. That don't mean my flesh will love everything about yours. I'm gonna say something shocking. It don't mean you're gonna like everything about me, but if God's in you, you can't hate God in me. And if God's in me and in you, I can't hate God in you. We might disagree on the flesh, but how can God hate God? So, the Holy Ghost is a seal. It's a sign. It's a comforter. Watch paragraph 60. What is the Holy Ghost? It's an advocate. It's an advocate. What does it do? Oh, Jesus. It has mercy, it stands in your place, it does things you can't do. Or oh, say, Brother Donnie, you're talking about perfect love and all that. I just can't do that. I, of course you can't. I can't either. None of us can do it. There's only one that could do that and that was the Lord Jesus. But God wants to come in us in such a way. Well, you say, how come some people can do it easier than others? It's because they've learned how to submit. The key is the more we submit, the more he can take over. Oh, praise God. It does things you can't do. It's a perpetuation for your sins. Don't you understand, you don't need an altar. And the church, in the sense, with blood on it and mercy, you make a mistake tomorrow and say, oh, goodness, I've got to run by 490 Oklahoma Road and be able to have the brothers still let me in the sanctuary so I can go up in the front and kneel down. No, you packed your altar. Oh, glory to God. You pack your altar, and you pack your eternity. Your attorney is there, and you pack the blood, the mercy seat, the forgiver, the advocate. You carry it with you. So you don't have to wait till Sunday to come back and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, I messed up on, on Thursday, and I've been waiting all week, Lord, to get back. I'll tell you, friend, you don't have to wait till Thursday evening, you don't have to wait till Friday. You just bow your head, Lord. Please forgive me. I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. And the Advocate in you will plead your case. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my, it's your righteousness. It's your healing. You know, my friends, I, I, I guess I just I don't understand. I, I, I guess I just don't understand. Why is it that so many want to just preach the Holy Ghost that it's all healing, it's all miracles, it's all signs, it's all wonders, it's all emotion? What about this part right here? And preach the Holy Ghost in such a place, brother, if you look cross-eyed at somebody, you're about lost, you ain't even got it. You mess up one time and you make one to say, brother, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Well, if he's not going to have to be an advocate for me, why in the world do I need an advocate? If after I try get it, boy, I'm fine from that day on. I'll never make a mother mistake. You ain't preaching the Bible, Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, somebody said, amen. amen. It's a perpetuation for your bleep. <laughs> what? Amen. There's a brave person here, who was that? You, Brother Melvin. thank you. So it's a perpetuation for your sins. Lord have mercy. You don't mean to tell me. People of the Holy Ghost is gonna fall short of the glory of God. It's your righteousness. Well, Brother Donny, I'll have you to know. Lord to God, I got her 40 years ago. I ain't sinned since. You just sinned right then, you big liar. Who do you think you're fooling? Only yourself, because you for sure ain't fooling us, and you ain't fooling the devil. It's your righteousness. Listen, what it is? It's your healing. You're sick here tonight. Your healer is living in you. Praise be to God. If your faith can only contact that which is in you. Jesus Christ, the healer, is in you. It's your healer. It's your life. It's your resurrection. It's all that God has for you. He's an advocate. What is the Holy Ghost? The rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What is he? The one that comes in you gives you peace. Your sign, your comforter. Oh, praise God. Comforter that rests sealed. If you feel the least tug, don't turn it away. What is the Holy Ghost? God in you. What's it for? To continue his work among his people. To bring his church together. To a place in this day far beyond Lutheran, Methodist, and Pentecostal. And to a place to adoption and rapturing grace. This is the only way the bride will ever be able to get together. Friends, we are as divided now, if not more so, than we have ever been in this message. I hate to tell you, it's a shame, really. It's a shame. We are so divided and so split up. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Preachers preaching at one another and throwing quotes at one another and throwing scriptures at one another and churches divided, young people divided. It's pitiful. Who's to blame for a lot of it? Preachers are to blame for a lot of it. Amen, Brother Donnie going to keep on, sir. You're going to get me fired. But he'll fire me up if I don't tell it. So I'd rather y'all fire me than him fire me up. Notice into a place to adoption of rapture and grace that when this part of the church, listen what he's waiting on. When the spirit moves into this church here, it'll just raise and it'll bring forth all the redeemed that's touched that spirit. No wonder, Brother Daryl, the angels of God are looking at it and saying, Father, now you're, you're if I understand this right, you're not bringing no resurrection until everyone I'm gets the Holy Ghost. Is that right? That's right. And according to what them preachers are saying down there, you imagine angels listening to preachers to be updated on what's happening. Whew, Lord have mercy. So according to what them men are saying, You're going to bring your people together for a rapture in faith. And it will be their faith when they come to the headstone crying, grace, grace, that when they come to that spot, when they arrive there, it'll be such a cosmic upheaval that the dead will be raised. Father, are we getting that right? And Father said, yep. That's what's going to happen. My church will actually arrive to that place of maturity. And the devil's holding his sides laughing. <laughs> Are you going to be kidding me? <laughs> That'll never happen. Uh, devil, maybe I should take you back to Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, them men that you laughed at and said, this church won't last three or four days, but when that pillar of fire come down and divided himself, they live like Jesus, they healed the sick like Jesus, they died like Jesus, they preached the gospel, they raised the dead, and that same Lord Jesus said, he will have a bride in the last day, hallelujah! He will have a bride in the last day that will come to the fullness of that maturity again. At this time, unlike Paul, The Alpha Bride did not cause a resurrection. But the Omega Bride will. Glory to God, glory to God. Listen, let me finish this quote here for you. It'll bring forth them redeemed that's touched that spirit. Those Lutherans who stood there with all the light they had in justification... Those Methodists that fell on the floor and they throwed water in their face from the Spirit striking them through sanctification. Those Pentecostals that walked up and down the streets and they called them tongue demon, I don't know the world that ever means, and jabberers and goose language and all of that, they'll stand in the righteousness in the sight of God at that day just as certain as this Bible stands in here. Oh, my Lord. Imagine the day it'll be when the Lord Jesus, as it were, steps behind the curtain and takes off his priestly garments. When the angels see him rise from the throne And he steps off the platform, we'll say. And when he comes out, he's got on his marriage garments. Do you understand? Peter's never seen him yet. Paul's never seen him. The saints in the sixth dimension haven't seen him yet. It would be unbecoming for them to see him with blood on his garments. So he changes clothes. Imagine when David come in from slaying the Philistines and laid the foreskins of those Philistines down before Saul. He did not go directly and take Michal. Imagine he must have went, changed clothes, took a bath, got Philistine sweat off of him, Philistine blood off of him. When the Lord Jesus steps out and the angels see him for his first time, the bridegroom, closed. Of all they've seen out of him, they've never seen him look like this. Can you imagine the smile? Now, I maybe it may seem hard for you to comprehend, but the Lord Jesus actually laughed when he was here on the earth. I imagine one of his greatest laughs will be whenever he steps out and the smile comes upon his face and they're standing there looking at him and saying, I've never seen him smile like that. And they look at one another and say, you know what today is? She's coming home. Him changing clothes is a sign you're fixing to. Praise God. Then those of us that are alive and remain will change clothes all of a sudden a sweep will come over us and our muscles and our tissues and our bones and all of that will be changed. Oh, but before that happens, our loved ones will start to appear first. I told Carol the other day, I said, I want, I want, you know, I said, you think about it. As long as we've been here, I've lost the count now, but since I've been here 35, 36 years, whatever it is, I've buried over a hundred and some people through the years since I've been here. I got to think about the other day. I'm not sure my house is big enough for all them folks to come in at one time. (laughs) I'm going to have to build a bigger house. (laughs) I I guarantee you one thing, when they raise, but I imagine there'll be a little girl about this tall. Her long blonde hair hanging down her back. If anybody gets in her way, they'll say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hallelujah. Of course, after she stops over the hill, sees her husband and her children. Oh, I can't wait to see Brother Alan McKinney, Brother Homer Arnold, Sister Clark, Brother Gene Littleton. Oh, my. It'll be one after another. And then the prophet said, you'll see your loved ones, and you know it won't be long. You're going to be changed. So maybe I'll be standing there combing my hair, you know, for years. Y'all thought this was a toupee. It's still mine. It's still mine. It's all still there. It didn't turn loose, but it did turn gray. Thank you all for that. Y'all helped do that. And I may be standing in front of the mirror, Brother Rob, I brush my teeth and I take my comb out. And you know, I'm I'm combing it back. And all of a sudden, I run that comb through that gray. And it goes, And it'll be browner than it was of that picture that's hanging out there. The sister Sylvia wrote the poem about me years and years ago when I first came here. And the wrinkles that go out of my face. And I'll look and see my loved ones. And the prophet said he knows how we are. We'll be looking around to see. Did this one make it? Did that one make it? So we get together with the rest of the group. And you come up missing on the earth. Can you imagine? Think of it, he says, going beyond the camp, 1964, missing people. They can't find you no more. I wonder who in the world they are. They can't find you no more. I imagine humans and demons. They said, where did Ollie go? Where did Ollie go? He was standing there brushing his teeth and bam, he's gone. And then they go to communicating back and forth. What in the world had the keys? He was standing there one minute, oh Lord, my back, oh Lord, my knee, oh Lord. And somehow Brother Jack may be getting up on his things. Oh Jesus, I don't know if I can make it another day or not. And in a moment, Brother Jack was changed to a young man and there stood Sister Benton right by him. And the devil said, Lord have mercy, what is it? The move is on brother, the move is on. But I wanna tell you, it's on tonight too. The move is on, get filled with the Holy Ghost. About it. Children, I'm not sure that I could preach a more serious sermon than tonight. You may think, well, you know, Brother Donnie, I'm kind of messed up in my doctrine, and, you know, maybe this is not, and that. I already re- needed that tonight. But if you can get filled, every fiber filled with the Holy Ghost, He'll take care of your doctrine. Everything you'll have need of is in you then for your journey. No doubt I've not buried my last one. I'll probably have to bury more. I've walked in front of the casket of many and stand there and say the last words over them. Stand by their bed and watch them take their last breath. My life has been filled with so much death. I hate death. Oh, sometimes I wish I wasn't a preacher. That makes sense to you. I have to deal with so much sickness and so much turmoil, so much sadness, so much deaths. Thank God one day, death will die. Praise God, Death will die. Hallelujah. How many of you would like to be remembered tonight? Brother Donnie, I just want to be sure. Maybe some of you are sure. You've got to rest. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've got the Holy Ghost. But maybe you just need to refill it. Anybody here like that? Maybe some of you are sick, you need a healing. Maybe some of you are fighting oppression, whatever more. You just need the presence of God to come this way. Look, friend, I'm not interested in trying to produce to you an A.A. Allen revival, a Jack Cole revival. Oh, they had great signs, wonders, and miracles. But I'm more concerned about being able, by the grace of God, to preach to you a gospel that will produce the life of Jesus Christ. Then come the signs. Then come the wonders. Then the signs will follow us instead of us following the signs. I am not a sign follower, I am a person that signs follow. That's the way it should be. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads tonight, Father, as we enter into your August courts, I pray the presence of God would move across this place. Lord, we're sitting in a different type building than Peter and them were in Acts 2. Different type of setting than they were, no doubt, at Ephesus. The other places where the Holy Ghost come in the book of Acts. That's changed. We're glad we can say tonight the Holy Ghost has not changed. Would you come by this way tonight, Lord? So what are you? Once you enter into this attribute by which you can divide yourself, then my brother Harry, not being a preacher, but yet has the same Holy Ghost that I have. My nephew Justin, my granddaughter's, Both of my daughters, my son-in-laws, the people here at the church, the, the ones that might feel like, oh, I'm so insignificant. But yet if they have the Holy Ghost, they've got exact same Holy Ghost that I've got. The same one. And their life is a mystery to angels as they watch them and they minister to them. Oh, Lord God, we need your ministering presence tonight, Father. Sometimes we go through so much in life, Lord, we don't know what to do. Would you send an angel by our way, Lord? I know you sent one to Peter there in jail, and I hope they take it the right way when I say it this way. That was Jesus 2,000 years ago. Well, we're not in a physical jail tonight, but we still need angels to come to us. Ministering spirits that are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. What, 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 a, what, a, what a thing. And the word ministering, deaconia, which is the very word that deacon comes from. So when they chose deacons in the book of Acts, they were men that were chosen to minister. So the deacons are never called to run the church, but actually... They place the deacons in the church to be able to minister to the hungry and to be able to take care of the things like that. And that's the Greek word that it comes from. Deacon. Deconia. And it means minister to. Minister to. Can we grasp it tonight? Those great heavenly beings are our deacons. You send a heavenly being that's never said one bad word that's never had one thought of doubt them angels have never had one thought of ever leaving you and you send them to me and to these people and your people around the world Lord God who would think of such that you would send the greater to minister to the lesser. Unless, of course, the lesser is actually hid. And one day the lesser will enter into such a stage of glorification that the angels of God will circle the earth one day and bow their heads. When the resurrection, the rapture takes place and the prophet tells us those angels will circle the earth with bowed heads as the redeemed, go to singing the songs of your redemption and mercy because they don't know what we're singing about. They minister about it and they minister to give us strength and courage and hope and all of that. But they don't understand it. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry we've belittled this great thing you've done for us. Help us tonight, Lord. May we never look at our Holy Ghost the same way again. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's Let's just keep in this presence now. I know you got to work tomorrow and you got school and all that, but who knows, there may not be a tomorrow in no way. Let's just take a few minutes as if though this might be our last service because it might be for somebody. Oh, praise the Lord. Can we give him something tonight that an angel cannot? Can we funnel praise through redeemed lips something that angels cannot do? Can we lift hands that were unholy, hands that held beer, cigarettes, marijuana, fifth of whiskey, but now they're classified as holy hands, lifting up holy hands. Praise God. I hope you can understand it, friends, right here in this building tonight are the angels of God. And they are watching you. They are watching in bewilderment. Don't make them wonder why you're not praising. Don't make them wonder why that you're not giving him that fruit of your lips. Oh my. But may they see the fulfillment of Calvary tonight. May they see why. Once again on a Wednesday night, that Calvary was a success. You know why I know? Because he saved me. Because he saved you. I'm a testimony that Calvary worked. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a brother right here in our midst tonight. Came to our church several years ago. First service he attended. He was taking pills for this, pills for that, pills for something else. One service in the presence of God. God delivered him and set him free. He's still living right tonight and stands right here in this building. As a testimony, Calvary was a success. Each one of you bear your own testimony of what God has brought you through. And you stand here tonight and nobody can have your testimony. You are unique and you're variegated in the body of God. Don't you love him? Don't you appreciate him? Harry, let's just sing a little something together, whatever, whatever's on your heart. Let's just worship the Lord now a little bit before we go. i will try not to hold you too long. If you need to go, you go on. But let's just worship Him a little before we go. Praise God. May we now minister back to our husband. Brother Bam talked about a wife and what a great thing she could be. And a man comes in tired from work, and he said he's weary and all that. And his little wife meets him at the door, and she comes in, takes him by the hand, and sets him down. And she goes over and sits in his lap and puts her arms around him. He said. It just feels like it all goes away. I wonder how many times since Sunday the Lord Jesus' name has been taken in vain. How many people said he don't even live. There's no such thing as a God. How he's been blasphemed. How he's been ridiculed and criticized just in the last couple of days. Why don't we open the door and say, come on in, Lord Jesus. Let's take him by the hand. Let's take him by the hand and go over and set him down. Let's set down in his lap. I preached it several years ago in a convention, and the Lord helped me to dramatize it like the Song of Solomon. And now that she went and got him at the door, and she brought him in, and she led him over and set him down, and then she sat down on his lap. And she took her arm and put around him and let her eyes which at one time could not even look in the face of God. But now her, li- her eyes looked at him. And he was so mesmerized that he said, turn away thine eyes from me. For one of that eyes has captured my heart. There was a brother there from Germany. I heard him tell him some other people after the service. He said, I've been a preacher for all these decades. I've heard hundreds and thousands of sermons preached. I've never heard anything like that in my life. He said, this is what I got out of it. He didn't see me. He said, but this is what I got out of it. That man actually has sat in the lap of Jesus. I thought, that's one of the greatest compliments I have ever been paid in my life. It's one thing to say it. But when you tell the story that you have experienced, people can tell the difference. Don't you want to be able to tell the same story? That you sat in the lap of Jesus and you put your arm around him and then you move both of your hands upon his face and you just look into his eyes and you say, Have I told you today how much I love you? I'll do Carol that way sometimes, not near enough, I'm sure. I'll take her by the hands and I'll pull her real close and I'll say, Have I told you today how much I love you? Have I told you how much you mean to me? And more times than not, she'll say, No, tell me. (laughs) I want to hear it. You brothers need to do that to your wife. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. I want to do this in this case to my lovely Lord Jesus. Would you pardon me? Because right now I'm going to enter into that sacred place in behind the veil so actually you all are now without the court. It's just me and him. Oh, I love you. I remember that day when you dealt with me. And I didn't even know how to talk to you. I didn't know how to pray. So I had to ask my mama. And she told me what she knew. And I remember whenever I went down to that altar and them medley boys, Bobby and Billy were preaching. I really don't remember what they preached. I don't remember who preached. But all I know is something. Got a hold of me. And never let go. Have I told you today how much I love you? Have I told you today I can't make it without you? I need you more than ever. You're my comforter. You're my peace. You're my joy. You're my strength. You're my advocate. You're my righteousness. You're everything I'll ever need. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Praise God! Praise God! Let's just worship Him, saints. Just enter into that secret place with you, the brother standing by you, the sister standing by you, your wife, your children. You just tell Him, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord." We love you, Jesus.
1: We worship you. You only know. Yes, Lord. You only see. Thank
0: you, Lord God.
1: Through eyes of love, I was a hopeless case, an empty space. Why? If, not for, if grace, not for grace, where would I be? Where would you be? You only, you only know, know, Lord. You only know. I only see. Hallelujah, Jesus. Through eyes of love, eyes of love, I was a
0: hopeless, a hopeless case. And in empty an place, if, if not for, for grace. Holy oh, it if you know Amazing it. Amazing
1: grace. Hallelujah. How sweet. Oh, just the worship me, my children.
0: I minister brothers, come and pray lost, for these
1: people, if you would.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Now I'm found. Now I'm found. The hopeless
0: case
1: The empty space. Oh, my Lord. If not, not for grace. The grace. Thank you, Lord. Where would I be? Where would I be? Hallelujah. You Lord God, you only know. know. Thank you, Jesus. You only see. Thank you, Father. Through eyes of love, yes, Lord, a hopeless case, an empty space. If not for grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Once was lost But now I'm found Oh, hopeless case An empty space If not for grace Precious Lord Take my hand Lead me on And let me stand I'm a hopeless case An empty place If not for grace Where would I be, you only know, I'm glad you see, through eyes of love, a hopeless case, an empty space not for great where would I be you only know you only see through eyes of love oh I was a hopeless case and in space if not for grace where would I be Jesus you only know Empty space If not for grace Amazing grace How sweet the sound I once was lost But now I'm found Oh, oh an empty space if not for grace a hopeless case an empty space if not for grace just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for. thy blood I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to be a vessel that you work through. I want to be more like you. Oh, I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to be more like you Jesus I want to be a vessel that you work through I want to be more like you oh I want to be more like I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be a vessel that you work through. I want to be more like you. Oh, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you Jesus I want to be a vessel that you work through I want to be more like you I want to be more like I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. Lord. Oh, I, I want to be more, more like you. Like you, Jesus. Jesus I, I want to be more like, like, you. like you. Don't you, Jesus. don't you, with all your heart, want to be a vessel, that, a you vessel work Lord, through. that you can work through. I, I
0: want to be more, more like you. Sister Phoebe Therese wants us to pray for Brother Danny. He had to go home with a migraine. Let's just agree together right now. God's going to move for our brother. Heavenly Father, that's just like the devil to attack us somewhere in the house of God. But in the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God move for Brother Danny. Lord, you see this migraine headache. Satan, you're a liar and you're defeated. In the name of Jesus Christ, as the church of the living God. We're called to continue the works of our Lord Jesus. You ain't afraid of us. But just to let you know, we ain't afraid of you either. But what you're afraid of is that God that lives inside of us. Take your hands off of him, devil. In the name of Jesus, may that migraine leave our brother. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I looked high and low. I couldn't find nobody. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah. the highest mountain. Hallelujah. Looked all, Looked around, all around, couldn't find nobody. I couldn't nobody. find nobody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Went down the deepest valley. Oh, oh, oh. Looked all around. All I around. still could Find nobody. nobody. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh I searched all over. Yes, I did. Couldn't find nobody. nobody Thank you, Lord. No Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great. Nobody greater. Nobody greater.
0: I climb the highest
1: mountain hallelujah there's nobody greater nobody greater nobody greater than you nobody greater there's nobody Can hold me like you, Jesus. Nobody can love me like you, Jesus. There's nobody greater. Nobody can heal me like you, Jesus. Nobody can hold me like you, Jesus. Nobody greater. Oh glory. Glory, nobody greater. Glory, glory,
0: glory, glory. We worship you, Jesus. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Just in case you think I'm crazy tonight, I'm going to go ahead and convince you that I am. Sister Janet Kennedy, come up for prayer for Chucky. Many of you know his situation. He's laid there in the bed for years and years and years. And I told her, he might be one of the very ones. What if one day we look back through that back door and we see him walking in that door? What if God don't heal some people now, right now, but he's waiting for the hour? Hallelujah. Right before the resurrection. And we will see people who lost their fingers. Oh, you see, you're making that up. I'm not making that up. God's prophet said there will come a time that missing limbs will be restored. To prove we're a great church, to prove this is a great preacher, no. To prove he's a mighty God. And he loves to bring glory and honor to himself. Hallelujah, us getting over our temper, us getting over our pride. It's only the little things, great things, lay before us. Whew. Well, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord here. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you, saints. I love you in the Lord. See you, Lord willing, Sunday. God bless you.
1: this song as you're dismissed this evening. more that I surrender, lighter my love. The more that I surrender, the lighter my load. The more that I release my cares, the more you take control. The more you lift me up. It's More